Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and we are not in the studio and I only have one of my co-hosts here and that would be Scott Cuban. Hello, Scott. Hey. How are you, Scott? How has your gaming been? Uh, it's been fantastic for the most part. Uh, we had a good, great game of Scion recently. Uh, gonna have uh, run my vampire game tomorrow and this week, later this week. Amber was uh, crazy. Amber was crazy. We had two games in a row of that, uh, and it's going to a place, isn't it? I don't know what's gonna happen. I really don't. It's weird. I mean, it's crazy shit. I, I like That's how you're happening. like, hey, Matthew, stop leaving your MacGuffin around. Stop leaving your MacGuffin. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> keep your MacGuffin on you because it's your MacGuffin. Deal with it. <laughs> I, I have I have no particular agenda with what you do with that, Matthew, <laughs> you, oh, yeah. but people are going to go yeah, for it. Yeah, that's true. That is fair. I'm okay with that. I've learned my lesson. I'll, I'll keep it on me. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> let's get into the big news, which we don't have a lot to do. We're going to go right into the interview. The Aberrant Kickstarter went live early in January, on July 2nd, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, well, I'm gonna look up where it's at yeah, it would, uh, as of recording. Money, money, money. Um, basically, um, guys, yeah, it, it's going yeah. good. Well, whatever. It's 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 well over its budget. I think like sixty, seventy thousand, something like that. Yeah, so it's a, it's around around the seventy thousand level, and that is pretty goddamn. Yeah. Awesome. So this is Trinity Continuum, Aber and everyone. This is me and Scott have told talked at great length about it. We did a deep dive. Um, that. And the two two people we're interviewing, I'm going to put uh, links to the episodes in the show notes. Do not worry about that. You'll get a link to the Kickstarter, links to everything, because this is a really great treat, and I think the interview is going to go over smashingly. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. They answer a lot of our questions really well, and it, and it makes me very excited for what they've, they're putting together and what they've yeah, yeah. got coming for so, us. Guys, here's the interview. It's with Ian Watson and Steve Kinson. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Trinity Continues Aberrant Interview with Steve Kenson and Ian Watson. They Both these fine gentlemen have been on the show, just to give you guys up to date. Um, Ian Watson is the community manager and content lead for the whole of Trinity Continuum. And uh, our good buddy Steve here, he is the lead designer on Aberrant specifically. So one's the boss of the other, as it were. And we've had we've had both these fine gentlemen on the show before. Uh, Ian on the Trinity um, a Kickstarter for Aeon, and uh, Steve for uh, the Expanse, um, in which we did not realize that you were designing Aberrant uh, and made fools of ourselves. So that was fantastic, delightful fanboy fools of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It was it was truly a, a pleasant a pleasant surprise. I will say Indeed that it was. That, I'll have to go back I and just, check that episode. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was funny. It yeah. was funny. We we there's a solid. 10 second pause. (laughs) We're all looking at each other at, you guys can't see it, but we're looking at each other in the uh, studio going, what? Huh? Yeah, it was, it was delightful. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, congratulations on Aberrant going so well. It's, it's kicking along real great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Both Matthew and I have, uh, backed it and, Mm -hmm. uh, we are looking forward to those sweet, sweet manuscript releases. Uh, yeah. And all the stretch goals. I am super looking to stretch goals. I, that's where I want to see, see some, some shine because I like the content. I'm going to love it. But to me, Aberrant's always been about the very multifaceted, like big world. Like first edition Mm -hmm. was very much because Scott got me into it and he gave Mm -hmm. me all the extra books and like the, the, the directive and the Terrigen and the, uh, 
utopia and everything, just like the hugeness of the world was so fascinating to me. But before we get into it, uh, I mean, you guys have done some great interviews before, and like I said, you've both been on the show. So why don't we just start off with a real quick elevator pitch, just in case anyone on this podcast doesn't know about Aberrant, which I severely doubt they do. do. (laughs) Steve, you want to hit this? Sure. Um, So Aberrant is uh, essentially a near-future setting where um, people uh, develop superhuman powers, um, and uh, those people become known as novas uh, and uh, start using their powers in order to uh, begin sort of changing the world. Um, A lot of novas become celebrities. Um, A lot of them um, devote their powers to trying to make the world a better place. and uh, because Aberrant is the middle of a trilogy uh, or a trinity of <laughs> settings, um, we have the advantage of knowing that in the far future Aeon setting, uh, that things don't end well uh, for the Aberrant's uh, world. Um, and so uh, there's, there's a certain uh, element of, of both sort of sadness and and sort of of um dread hanging over the aberrant world about you know how this this experiment this effort to change the world for the better is going to go oh yeah it's absolutely a greek tragedy um so like i said we're going to go ahead and get like go in for the deep cuts yep. uh so you guys yep. have mentioned before uh in other interviews and in the setting information that uh you've made some pretty pretty severe changes to some of the uh plot line of the game uh one one big aspect is removing uh sort of the utopia sterilization and control conspiracy um yep. which is definitely a way to go. And I guess what I was curious about is because that drove a lot of the conflict and the drama of first edition Aberrant. Um, so what would you say you guys have done to replace that as far as a, a prime motivator for a lot of the, the forward motion of the story? Well, um, while it was sort of like an overarching thing in first edition where several of the books said like, okay, here's the thing that's going on. And, Eventually, someone's going to figure it out. Tensions are Mm going to rise. That's going to lead to the Aberrant War. Most Mm -hmm. of the actual supplements didn't deal with any of that. So they had their own little stories Mm -hmm. or their own adventures going on. So while it was there, it wasn't really that big an element. Mm -hmm. So we feel that there's enough going on in the setting that we don't necessarily need to like do a one for one swap out of like, Oh, well we're not doing the sterilization plot. So we need to shove something else in here. It's Mm -hmm. a big setting and there's a lot of interesting things happening. So we don't really need that. Okay. Single Mm -hmm. replacement thing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so asking a little bit of a mechanical questions, Trinity core, uh, throughout some uh, some some sort of low key multiverse information <laughs> uh, regarding do we, do we have any nova novas or nova abilities that mess around with that aspect of the setting? Mm, to a certain degree, um, you know the the novas really aren't about um, the the continuum quite as much as the talents are, mm-hmm. and because Trinity Core focused on them, uh, you saw a lot more of that kind of element. Um, the Nova abilities do touch upon the concept of flux, 
um, that Trinity Core introduces um, as basically the notion of that's how Novas do their thing. Um, that um, Novas are, you know, the ones who are reaching in down to the quantum level and, you know, taking hold of that quantum uncertainty and pulling it in a particular direction um, in order to, to make things happen. Um, they're, they're manipulating the, the very fundamental forces of reality. Um, and because of that, there's a lot of unpredictability to uh, the way Novas develop um, as they use their powers over time. Um, there's that element of, of flux that comes into play in terms of their development. Uh, the more that Novas exercise their powers and the more they push their powers to their limit, the more that there's uh, chances that, that strange things start to happen as far as mm -hmm. they're concerned. Um, and that's really where that aspect of the, the continuum comes into play for them. Yeah, um, actually, that's interesting because you talked on another podcast that corruption and taint is not part of it anymore. It's a systematic removed and you replaced it with flux. So do you feel that because the interesting part about like taint and corruption and from first edition, in my mind was like that, that slow descent into inhumanity, as mm -hmm. it were. Um, yep. Do you believe it flux can handle that measure, even though it's not called that and it may do different things? It does. Um, in some ways, uh, aberrant is now more about a slow ascent into inhumanity. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, uh, it's it's about uh, how the Novas are, you know, on a, a, a path towards essentially some kind of apotheosis. Uh, and uh, it's pretty, it's stated outright, essentially, in Aberrant that when you get to the top, when you get to quantum 10, essentially, um, you just disappear. Hmm. From yeah, you the, Dr. Manhattan yourself and <clears throat> out. Something happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, and nobody knows exactly what. Novas just go away at that point. Um, you know, whether it's they, you know, uh, you know, decide to they get, you know, bored enough with this reality that they decide to go create one, or they implode and form the big bang of another universe. Nobody knows, hmm. um, you know, or they just, you know, go insane and become, you know, Cthuloid monsters at the, you know, edges of dimensions for all we know, oh, uh, but something happens <laughs> and, and they, they no longer interact with reality as we understand it. Uh, that, right. That's interesting. I, I like that a lot. Thank you for clarifying that because now it gives me the idea that Novas are very much about reality, like hard reality, whereas the talents are very much about this multi-reality, like this this the idea of moving or at least shifting slightly between quantum realities, whereas Novas are like, mm, they're pretty much about this reality, but it's only at their apex do they start Novas are Novas there. are much more brute force about it than talents. Mm -hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah, if if I were to sort of quantify it, like flux is still like a thing both for talents and for uh, novas, but the flux that talents deal with is more of sort of this cloud of probabilities, where you know any decision can lead to anything else and multiple different versions of reality. Whereas quantum flux is more about um, like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, like hmm. you're, you're drawing energy just out of quantum states. It's, it's not, it's not multiple realities so much as it is just everything shoved into this reality. 
Mm-hmm. And you're 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 screwing with it. Uh, right. That's very interesting. I, I like that a yeah. lot. I think that 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 because that's what I had when I listened to the, some of these other interviews. I was like, oh, what's going on with that? And that that answers a lot of that because it makes a lot more sense. Because if you're emulating comic books. Uh, you're starting to emulate a lot more comic books, especially with this aberrant, because nowadays when, when well, let me get back. When first edition happened, comic books and geek culture was not the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, now everyone knows what who Iron Man is. Everyone knows who right. superheroes are. And so with this, you can emulate a lot more of those types of stories. And one of the aspects of those types of stories is the idea of what's the human, what happens to human psychology when they reach a apex of actual physical power over far beyond anything that normal humans could ever comprehend or get a hold of um, and what happens. And that flex seems to help influence that and say, yeah, they are going on a path that you can't join and you can't be a part of. Um, we get a good example of that is the conversation that Antius has in the comic books that you guys have mm-hmm. released um, which is really cool. I'm loving those comic books, by the way. They're oh, giving me a great. nice, deep insight. Um, so, yeah, appreciate that. Um, actually, on the comic books, what made you want to do the comic book? Like, where did that come from? That was Rich's idea. Um, okay. Yeah. He wanted to, um, like, a lot of people were complaining for a while that Aberrant was sort of stuck in the um, in the approvals phase on the uh, <laughs> the Monday meeting notes uh, production list. And it was mostly because before we wanted to go any further, we wanted to have this comic set up to launch the Kickstarter. Um, because it, like, it, obviously having a, a comic set up would, would, is perfect for Aberrant, right? Mm-hmm. right. And right. we really wanted to sort of um, use it to both introduce people to the world and also to sort of point out some of the changes in the setting for people who are familiar with the original edition. Right. And honestly, having comics in the, in Aberrant was part of an element of Aberrant embracing the idea that it's a superhero game, mm-hmm. um, rather than being sort of in denial about the idea that it was a superhero <laughs> game. Cool. So, uh, uh, Matthew and I are both pretty big fans of the Terrigen. Uh, in fact, probably the longest running game, uh, that we were involved in was my, uh, my Terrigen game that I ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Prefacing that with this question that we both love the Terrigen, um, I, I can see, especially given some more recent controversy, uh, specifically with Vampire 5th Edition, there's a lot of minefields in that particular aspect of the setting, mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, they're a supremacist group and, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's some elements in there that might be touchy. So I was wondering what, how you guys are approaching that with sort of, you know, the fact that we have damn Nazis running around today again. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think that the thing with the Terrigen is that they're, um, not to put too fine a point on it, they're supremacists who are, to a certain degree, right. Mm. Um, In the sense that uh, the, the Terrigen argument that they're more than human is to a degree accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, is, is your humanity defined by your capabilities? Um, is your humanity defined by how strong you are, how smart you are, how fast you are, how charismatic or persuasive you are, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. whatever you are, 
or is it defined by other qualities that the the Terrigen honestly aren't paying very much attention to, like how compassionate you are, or how empathetic you are, or um, you know how um, much you care about your legacy, you know, as far as not how famous you are, but what kind of good you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that there's, there's some room in the Terrigen ethos, um, cause Terras, you know, basically mm-hmm. just amounts to, you know, do what thou wilt, mm-hmm. um, because you're a sovereign being and you have such tremendous power, um, that there's a lot of dis- room for disagreement, which we already see with the Terrigen, mm-hmm. and a lot of room for disillusionment, um, which yeah. we eventually see with Divis Maul. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's my absolute favorite character um, from Aberrant. Uh, so I, I'm, you better bet that I'm paying attention. <laughs> uh, seeing uh, seeing uh, on the same uh, line as uh, Terrigen, uh, is the Chrysalis still around? Is that something that's in the mechanics or the setting? Yes. Ooh, ooh boy. That's very good. That, yes. that was something that me and Scott had been like going back and forth on. Like, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? Um, actually, I got a question that leads directly from that because since we're talking about one specific faction, it looks like we got a lot more factions and a lot more diversity in these factions. Um, if assuming this Karkstar, since it's doing well um, and we do do more content in the future, are we going to see specific books like we did in first edition about the various factions like the directive or utopia or Uterogen. Mm-hmm. We haven't really, um, at this point in production, we haven't really laid out, uh, what, like exactly what books are going to follow. Mm-hmm. Like there are pitches that are being made, but there's nothing okay. that's been nailed down yet. So, um, I'm not sure in our current environment, if like individual Flat books like we had in first edition work because if you look at the world of darkness and chronicles of darkness side of things mm-hmm. you have for example lore of the clans which is one book where everything's shoved together uh secrets mm-hmm. of the covenants same thing so there might be one or two like thematically oriented books where we just do like a bunch of things in one book or we might do something else entirely like um- uh, making something up. This is not a promise by any means. Sure. But for example, if we do a book about um, the inner solar system and we also do the Daedalus League as part of that. Mm. Cool. For example. No, that, uh, that, that'd be very cool. I mean, I I don't care. More content, please. Because <laughs> yes, we, I like we are super- going to do more books. That is the key <laughs> thing to remember here. Hey, absolutely. They want more money, so they're going to make more content, guys. Yes. This is how this yep. works. <laughs> so, um one of one of the more intriguing characters that we never really got to find uh anything out really concrete about uh was Sophia Rousseau. Uh oh, yeah. and I saw her name pop up a few times in the in the first manuscript that we've got. Uh mm-hmm. and it's not entirely clear what she's up to. Right. So, do you guys have anything you want to discuss regarding her? I got to inject something. Scott, for the listeners, who's Sophia Rousseau? Because that's kind of a deep, slightly deep cut. Uh, well, why don't we let our guests explain okay, it yes. to who's... the best that they want to? <laughs> Before I continue, I do want to point out that uh, in the incidentals 
chapter at the beginning of the Trinity Continuum core, where there's mm-hmm. like all these newspaper clippings and everything, uh, Russo's name does pop up in there too. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I mm-hmm. recall that. That's true. Yes. Um, what we're doing this time with, uh, uh, with Sophia Russo is we created a, a new faction. Uh, it's sort of the Black Ops version of, uh, Team Tomorrow. Uh, when deeds must be done by darkness and tomorrow is too late, we call team tonight. <laughs> nice. So she is sort of, uh, overwatch. Uh, she, yeah. she manages the various team tonight squads, if you will. That's a pretty big departure yeah. from her role in first edition. It is. Yeah. She's it's very sort of, interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to know more. Yeah. She's sort of an Amanda Waller figure in some ways. In That's the, interesting. In the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually something interesting since we talked about like the conspiracy and its removal from first to, to second edition. Uh, I had listened to the interview where you to- do talk a lot more about Team Two tonight, which is the Black Ops Utopia, mm-hmm. as you said. It's it's super conspiracy, super underground. Like some member, yeah. most of Utopia doesn't know who the members are or that they even exist. Mm-hmm. And I see that as a interesting way of introducing that level of. Uh, espionage in mm-hmm. and underground work yeah. into the story that is connected to Utopia, but is not some grand evil machination. It's just right. these things that need to get done that can't be done in the broad spectrum of public knowledge. Right. Because if Project Utopia is aware of some disaster, first call they're going to make is to assess its facts, and the second call they're going to make is to the media. <laughs> yeah. Team Tomorrow is going to show up, and then the cameras show up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to get shit done, and you don't want anyone to know about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, actually, thank you, thank you for saying about Sess's packs because there's a whole bunch of NPCs that I'm just going to be scouring the book for to look for and see what's going on with them. <laughs> what do you? Uh, I'm to to since we can't go over all of them because I'd love to. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your favorite NPCs? People that you had in the first edition. Um, that you're going to see more of in second edition? Like, what are we doing with some of you, you guys' favorite ones? Well, Steve? Pa- Pax particularly okay. gets uh, a bit of a, uh, a second chance because I always felt bad for him in first edition. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, there's, there's definitely a bit of rehabilitation of, um, you know, Project Utopia in first edition was largely intended as an organization to rebel against uh, in many ways, um, whereas um, Project Utopia in uh, the the new edition of Aberrant is they're the good guys, you know they're they're the you know nascent you know United Federation of Planets. They're you know the people who really really honestly want to do the right thing and want to harness this tremendous miracle that has happened in order to try and save the world if they can. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're always right, right. but they're at no. least trying. But they're trying right. to do the right thing. Yep. Um, and so um, we, we make the point of the fact that, yes, while it's hugely prestigious to be on Team Tomorrow and, you know, that you, you get to be famous and, you know, all of that, that a lot of the Novas who are involved with Project Utopia are actually giving up a lot. Mm-hmm. In order to basically be public servants, mm. you know, they're insta celebrities who could write their own ticket to do anything they wanted, pretty much. Um, and a lot of them have signed up to, you know, try and help people. 
Um, and you've got to assume that, you know, most of those people are pretty decent mm -hmm. at, at heart uh, as far as that goes. So we're, we're trying to emphasize more of that. Um, so I think you're going to see more uh, in that sort of vein. Mm. Uh, so Pax is honestly a, a much nicer guy. Oh, okay. uh, oh man, I, I I remember making my players hate that guy pretty pretty hard. Um, he was kind so of a jerk. <laughs> he was kind of a jerk in my game, uh, but I'm I'm interested to see the new direction he's going to uh, take. Yeah, I'm interested. Any 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 uh, for Ian? Who is there? Uh, NPC you you're going to be interested or somebody we should look out for in second edition? Somebody we should pay attention to beyond well, Sophia's Rousseau. <laughs> uh, in first edition, uh, in the core rulebook. Uh, there was an entry for, uh, Janos Karagian, uh, who, um, was the, f the first Nova to walk around on the moon unaided. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I assume what happened was at some point someone mispronounced Janos as Janos mm. and someone misheard that as Janus. And so in the Project Utopia book, someone repeated the same entry, like, hey, there's oh, this no. Nova that walked around unaided, and it was Janus Karagian. Oh, no. So it was probably a typo originally. Mm -hmm. But what we decided was these two Novas both exist, and they're twins, and they've both mm -hmm. gone to, <laughs> to, to the moonwalk moon. together. <laughs> so, so there are a couple of the Novas who founded uh, the, the Daedalus League. So mm. I, I really like what we did with them there. Oh, that's, that's super interesting. Yep. Um, so, uh, one of the things I noticed, at least in the, in the setting information we've gotten so far, uh, is, uh, the sort of the, the, the presence of anti-Nova bigotry, uh, mm -hmm. has been turned down slightly. Like, for example, uh, you know, um, although I'm pretty sure that they're going to show up, there's no mention of, like, the Church of Michael Archangel so far, uh, and the, uh, the, the sort of the, in first edition, it was an anti-Nova ban, but now it's an anti-Terrigen ban that, uh, instigated Garion's, uh, assassination of the Mayor Rupert. Mm -hmm. Um, want to know what you guys, what, what was your guys, uh, impetus by turning that heat down a little? Well, I think some of it is, uh, just the overall feel of Aberrant is, is a touch more hopeful, uh, and a bit more positive. Uh, there absolutely are anti-Nova factions. Church of Michael Archangel is still around. Mm -hmm. um, there are definitely still people who um, feel that Novas are a threat in one way or another. Um, you know, but uh, honestly, most of the people who feel that who are reasonable are smart enough to keep it to themselves. Hmm. Um, you know, Proteus still exists. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, part of Proteus's purpose is, um, you know, a bunch of very reasonable people said, Hey, if these Novas get out of hand, we're screwed. Um, because, you know, each one of them, you know, can fight an army. Uh, what are we going to do if that happens? We better have a plan. Uh, so, you know, but of course, if you want a secret contingency plan, step one is to keep it secret. <laughs> um, so, it's, it's you know, a lot like, of the people um, who have reservations about the, the Novas. From the much maligned uh, Batman. For but, right, are mm. Batmaning it and are like, we're going to come up with all of our secret plans and then keep them to ourselves and wait until we need them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You can see that. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say, Ian? Uh, from the, the much maligned uh, Batman v Superman, um, 
there's the the one line where Bruce Wayne says, if there's even a 1% chance of something happening, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, that's in, right. that's basically how Proteus operates. They haven't done anything about it, but right. they're they've got the plans. They've got the plans. And that's interesting. That that's cool. And that's something we need to yeah. I would like to touch on because we know where the setting goes. We 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 see that the Aberrant War is going to happen. At least in one version of the continuum. Yeah, one version of the continuum. Right. Right. Where do you feel because of the conspiracy taken away and because of some of this other stuff and sort of the hopeful nature of it, where do you see it going? Because I know in another interview you said we're not really doing a meta plot in that we're not going to have these books that continue the story beyond I think 2028 is where you're setting. It's normally set mm-hmm. at. But yeah. where do you guys see that sort of the fire getting lit and and the all hell getting broken loose? Is it because- just is it just flux or? <laughs> Well, because uh, uh, just to, to spice the, the question a little bit, um, for things to get as bad as they do, at least in one version of the continuum, someone has to be the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, I think that's what we're, we're, we're zeroing in on. Sure. Well, um, I mean, a lot of it is is just sort of like Novas are a lot less, you know, inherently doomed than they were in the original mm-hmm. edition, but mm-hmm. you can still see that they're becoming less human over time mm-hmm. um and that is certainly part of it and honestly we don't even need to have a, a sterilization conspiracy if someone hacks into like a, a proteus server and they read this stuff and they they get the impression that there's a sterilization conspiracy just from reading proteus you know mm-hmm. data mm-hmm. Like, sure. hey, here's a here's a potential option for what we can do, and someone thinks that's really happening. That's all you need, right? That's fair. Yeah. Enough. You don't need the truth. You somebody just need gets the a hold of, of Proteus's, you know, Medusa right. protocols and says, "Hey, Novas, look at all these secret plans to murder you." That things yeah, get that, ugly real fast. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be something yep. for the Terrigen to uh, you know throw yeah. in their face. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and like that comment yeah. um so uh one of the here's here's a super deep cut uh for for ian specifically <laughs> oh boy um so literally maybe like a week after our last uh, last uh interview with you mm-hmm. uh i found the fan version uh that you were working on for the trinity storytellers uh storytellers uh guide uh, oh, at least what had back. been released. Oh yeah, it does. Super yeah. deep cut. That's what I said. And one of the most interesting parts uh, regarding that was sort of the two worlds uh, explanation uh, for the the um, why things were the way they were. Yeah. Uh, and like I had I had heard rumors of that uh, from from people a while, but I never really got like the full skinny on it until I read that. And part of that was the idea that. Part of the reason why some of the things are happening the way they're happening is is from the the guidance of Maxwell Mercer and his you know cross time awareness, um, and so that's my roundabout way of saying is how involved is is Max this time? Max is I don't know if we've decided whether or not he's around in this era, but given that. You know, we built the entire continuum this time mm-hmm. as a cohesive whole. Sure. Uh, there, there doesn't need to be that sort of different maxes meddling to, to make right. sort of slightly different versions of the universe or whatever. Um, 
you know, he can set the ball rolling and then just take a couple of decades off. That's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah, that that explanation never really sat well with me, uh, to be honest. It, it, it seemed like something that was trying to p- put a square peg into a round hole. Um, and you guys have come up with a much more elegant uh, way of doing it this time around. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, his granddaughter, Max uh, Margaret Mercer, she's, yeah, I, she's still I, around. I, I, Mm-hmm. I saw a mention of her, and she's uh, she manages a lot of the 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 various projects for Aeon. So there's still uh, even if Max isn't around, he still has influence. So yeah. another thing from that storyteller's guide uh, was I think I think you guys uh, said that you had made the executive decision to just not detail out the colony um, and just let it be up to the storyteller. Is that does that decision still hold, or are we going to see any hints of his origin or its origin uh, in Aberrant? Not in aberrant. Oh my! Um, <laughs> I have hinted at one possible origin that I might want to include for the anima setting that I want to do, which is the one twenty eighty four. Oh, that's and, yeah. Uh, Steve did actually write a a nice little fiction bit. I don't know if we're ever going to get around to publishing it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, it, it was sort of just like a little thematic, fun little thing, uh, but it, it also presented a, an alternative possible origin mm-hmm. for the colony. It, it was nice for us to read internally, but I don't know if we're going to do anything with it. My yeah, we'll uh, my my storyteller's explanation, like for my for my personal uh, continuity, uh, was that it was the ubiquitous dragon from Adventure. That's as good as an explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good as one as any. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to switch gears on you guys a little bit. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about mechanics because that's where kind of my wheelhouse lives. Um, so this is mostly targeted at Steve, but Ian, of course, you're more than welcome to answer. So I have, I've read Trinity Continuum. I have played Aeon and I have played and running currently Scion. When I Mm -hmm. look through Scion, I am definitely seeing the sort of the root of how you can do aberrants in the the system the story path system can you expound a little bit more about how what your design of them is go, what is and what what the audience should expect from when they open up that book because scion is obviously very different than trinity continuum but there's a lot of like root dna between the two um so if i'm just to make sure I'm, I might have missed part of your question. Okay. Uh, oh, that I'm just more curious about how how are you emulating so? I guess put it more succinctly. How are you emulating so many very powers in mm-hmm. um, Abra? Yeah. Because in Scion, and not Scion, but in Aeon, we mm-hmm. each Scion has their own specific sort of right. disciplines, right. quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, much like in the the prior editions, uh, powers in in Aberrant are much more a la carte. Mm-hmm. Um, than the the much more thematic uh, powers that you find uh, for the for the Syads, uh, scions um, that uh, so there there's definitely a lot more um, you know, options in terms of sort of picking from a menu uh, in order to to build your own uh, power sets. Mm-hmm. Um, we provide uh, some uh, useful tools uh, in terms of um, being able to do that process fairly quickly. If, you know, digging into the, you know, sort of nuts and bolts of it isn't your thing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I want to play a strong guy, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, here's, you know, a bunch of options, pick these three things and you're good to go. Um, but 
you pretty much have uh, a uh, um, budget of um, you know experience to to start with as part of your Nova template, hmm. um, and you know um, mega you know uh, attribute dots and power dots and enhancements and tags and the like all cost XP. So you go, you spend that experience, and you 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 know build out a Nova uh, as far as that goes. Um, and there, there are various limits built in in terms of what your quantum is as far as, you know, some of the high-level stuff that you can do. Mm. So, staying on mechanics and sort of looping back around to an, on a previous question, uh, what can you tell us about the, the way the chrysalis is going to work? <laughs> so, the, the chrysalis ties in um, pretty heavily with the way Flux works uh, in the game. Um, and um, it's implied and certainly I think it Divis Mall certainly believes that the chrysalis is is sort of how novas are supposed to evolve um, whereas flux is sort of a haphazard process um, where novas erupt and they get this set of powers um, and then pretty much for the rest of their process they it's all trial and error. You know, they, mm -hmm. they try something and see if it works. They push their powers to their limit and see if they can do something. And just like exercising, uh, you know, you sometimes, you know, you build muscle, you, you know, you put enough effort into it and you get to the point where you can actually do something. Uh, and Nova's develop their powers that way. Um, uh, but, uh, the chrysalis is a much more directed process uh, of uh, essentially taking the, uh, the 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 variability that flux creates, um, and to extend the chrysalis metaphor, essentially just the same way a caterpillar essentially dissolves inside the chrysalis uh, and rebuilds itself as a butterfly, uh, a nova who goes through the chrysalis basically just rebuilds themselves from the ground up, um, and uh, that's where they you know develop. Uh, have the ability to to choose a lot of the way they develop, um, and particularly um, how their various um, expressions of their uh, transfiguration are going to manifest. Um, and it's pretty much said in the setting secrets, essentially, that Divis Maul, because he's undergone Chrysalis at least a couple of times himself, mm. um, is in many ways no longer the person he was. Um, he has essentially literally recreated himself. Um, hmm. And it's no coincidence that the whole Phoenix imagery is a big thing for him, um, you know, because he has literally essentially burned his old self to ashes and, you know, been born anew. Cool. That's very cool. Actually, I really like that idea. I'm just going to point that out because I never thought of it like that. I always thought of it as sort of a refinement of the self and sort mm -hmm. of recreating yourself in a new image, but never the idea of you are a totally new person. We are we are dissolving yeah. the old, getting rid of the old and doing something new. So Divis yeah. Mall, in some respects, through his through his existence, has been very different types of people with different viewpoints. So mm -hmm. the Divis Mall yeah. that, that we've seen maybe in adventure is obviously very different than the Divis Mall that we see in the Nova era. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of do, course, as with many things in aberrant opinions vary. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I imagine in, in the, the, 
the potential future where Max and and Michael have a conversation at some point down the line, there'll, there'll be an interesting uh, discussion of the philosophy regarding that. Um, yeah, you actually get a preview of one half of that conversation. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I listened. Eddie said that he had done a comic regarding uh, the, the that relationship, and I'm super uh, eager. Audience, to I want you to that. know when when that was just said, Scott did a little clappy sort of put his hands together <laughs> like a little kid, very very happy. I I I, I am not hiding how much of uh, a huge fanboy I am over Apple. Yeah, I know. And if a small uh, specific, I, I've but, never yeah. never never hidden it. Never needed to. <laughs> nothing but love, Scott. <laughs> nothing but love about yeah, this. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm, Even though I'm actually a- super intrigued by a lot of the stuff that you guys are now putting out. Now that we get to talk to you sort of face to face about this, because me and Scott mm. had gone back and forth and we're like. Well, what is it going to be like? Is because we really do like some of the because I'm I understand comic books like the dude deal probably more than Scott. Um, well, I like the history of comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, give me a face. Hey, let's talk about X Men. Something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, okay, <laughs> but it, because at first E was definitely much like part of the tail end of the Iron Age of comics, like that 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 gritty, yeah. like many too many pockets. Uh, all our heroes are anti heroes, <laughs> and ev- there's always a shade of black. Blood uh-huh. pouch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And like the authority and all these like really dark superheroes mm-hmm. and you could, that's what in my, when I read Aberrant, the first edition, that's what I got off of it. Like, okay, everything's got a shade of crap around it. Like everything's darker. There's always something going wrong. Uh, while it's not the world of darkness where everything is just terrible, it's definitely spiraling out of control very quickly. And mm-hmm. with your introduction of more hope and positivity, which is a good thing. I think, I think we're definitely in a much more mature perspective where comic books come from and aberrant and aberrant, but yeah, well, Trinity continue aberrant needs to emulate that in the second edition. Um, which is interesting from one of your interviews. And this is where it's kind of going from is that the Terrigen is a much more open known thing um, there mm-hmm. are many factions within it, just like there are much, uh, just like Utopia is. Well, it's very accepting, but they're more of the good guys. The Terrigen is going to going a facelift as well, um, which yeah. I, I'd like to hear more about that. Like the idea of what the Terrigen, how you feel the Terrigen opens up um, for for PCs to play, because typically they're the quote unquote the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- depending on your perspective, yeah, I get one of th- indeed. One of the things we hinted at uh, earlier on in the webcomic is that Antaeus more or less follows Terrace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he may or may not be a member of Project Utopia and the Terrigen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pro- Project yeah. Utopia may not be totally on board with that, <laughs> but he's he's doing enough good for them that they're willing mm-hmm. to sort of overlook it. Right. Right. That's an interesting thing. No, he, I like he it. uses a specific word, transcend I am transcendent, which mm-hmm. I I pegged on real fast. Yep. And I was like, that's new. That's something. Could you say you speak more about what transcendent is, or is it just kind of the idea somebody who's trying to straddle a line between these two groups? Transcendence is the quality that novas accumulate that makes them less and less human and more and more godlike. Interesting. Nice. So that, so that's that's kind of like the 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 mirror of taint from the the well, how taint was used in the in the chrysalis uh, mm-hmm. and from first edition. That's cool. 
I like that a lot. Uh, that's that's really rad. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate yeah. that a lot because because me and Scott because he got me into Aberrant. I like the Terra Journal a lot because of the philosophy and the psychology mm-hmm. of them, um, right? And what you could do right. with them because you don't have to be the bad guy, and that gives you an well, avenue then, for a PC, a player to go. All right, I want to play these guys, but I don't want to be a monster. Absolutely. And this is how you can start doing that. And, well, and the key thing to remember about the Terrigen is that they are only, they're basically a group in name only. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the key thing about the Terrigen is that um, Divis Mall said, hey, here's this philosophy, this guiding philosophy. And the key element of this guiding philosophy is that you are all sovereign individuals and whatever you decide is your true path to transcendence is the true path. Um, you know, and no one else can tell you otherwise. Um, and that sounds really great in theory. <laughs> um, and in, in that regard, Divis Mall is, is like a first year philosophy student, you know, who, <laughs> you know, who has just encountered this brilliant idea. Um, and, Basically, the problem, the key problem with the Terrigen has always been it would only it it would work if only everybody was Divis Mall. <laughs> um, but he quickly discovers that you know telling a bunch of you know basically intre- tremendously powerful super beings that they can do whatever they want has some unfortunate side effects. <laughs> um, because right because some of them start doing things where it's literally like i mean literally the ter- or, or genesis of the terrigen is you can do anything you want no not that mm-hmm. uh, wait nope not that either <laughs> what you know um yeah. and part of the story of the terrigen as a movement is divis mall's growing frustration with his own rules essentially mm-hmm. or lack thereof mm-hmm. Because he's basically told, you know, all, he's like, I've given you this amazing gift and this is what you're doing with it. You know, what is wrong with you? Yeah, um, part of the part of the campaign that I that I ran with Matthew as a player was we went through the uh, the light of night of long knives scenario mm-hmm. from the first edition Terrigen book. And that was one hell of a of a run. Yeah, uh, because there, I mean, some really bad shit went down. Matthew's character killed another, killed one of the other characters' mother. Oh, I rolled so well yep. and so poorly. It, was, it wasn't yep. intentional. It was a grenade. <laughs> ball, no, it was like nobody, some bad shit happened. Nobody fights like family. Indeed, <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, so I think we're probably heading at the end of it. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to end things with uh, actually giving you guys a preview of something that Matthew and some of our other friends are working on. Uh, we're definitely going to be doing a live stream campaign of Aberrant uh, when we are capable awesome. of doing so. Uh, but it's it's going to be kind of an atypical uh, thing. It was what we're going to be doing well, the 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 name that we're working under it is aberrant entourage uh where <laughs> most of the players are actually going to be talents mm-hmm. uh who are basically freelance contractors who specialize in dealing with the bullshit that surrounds novas and we're going to rotate out one player uh who is going to play a nova that they are contracted to uh, and just basically run through scenarios of the shit that you have to deal with when you're in the orbit of one of these things. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing like some makeup and, and <laughs> special effects work on the Nova, uh, player so that they look weird and inhuman. And it's just going to be, it's going to be kind of like, um, 
<laughs> kind of like leverage or something along those lines, but with sort of PR and <laughs> damage control and, and all this other stuff. So I wanted to give you guys a preview of that and see what you guys had to think about that general scenario. I was going to say damage control. It sounds a lot like yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. 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 Very much, very much this idea of he did what? What do we got to do? Right. <laughs> Um, okay, sure, we can tell him not to do that. Uh, maybe? Right. Well, you can just say, well, uh, if you keep doing this, it violates this line of our contract, and we are no longer, uh, <laughs> you know, so do what you want, man. Um, so he blew up what embassy? Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so let's, well, I want to do one more thing before we head on out. Um, uh, both Ian and Steve, I would like you to answer this question of, like, what are you most looking forward to? for second edition aberrant like what is the thing you want either the audience to see or something you're gonna like you really want to write about even though you may not get the actual chance to write about it (laughs) asterisk quotation (laughs) ian uh well i i did cover this a bit in um the uh, previous podcast we did um where uh i i i really want to do uh a tech book uh, because the timeline is right for us to dig into a lot of stuff like Deus Ex and Robocop, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you're, you start to, to get into the whole, like, early cyberpunk sort of thing, where people are getting various augmentations just to try to keep up with Novas. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. I look forward to this. If that, that uh, I, I like that because that gives potentially some human antagonist uh, a leg to stand on when they start dealing trying to directly deal with aberrants and novas in general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about you steve what what is something you're interested in seeing well um i'm obviously i'm looking forward to seeing how you know everybody um gets to see the whole package you know the whole world mm-hmm. you know laid out rather than you know going through piece by piece um because i think that they'll appreciate it as a as a whole um i'm uh, I would love to do more with the Queer Nova Alliance because they're very near and dear to my heart. And I, you know, we do get to mention them, uh, mm-hmm. in the, in the core book, but like a lot of, uh, sort of lower tier, you know, groups, they don't get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely love to do more with them. Um, and I'm a big fan of the Daedalus League as we've, uh, set them up in the new books, just the, the potential for um a a sort of cosmic spacefaring game in an aberrant is really uh tantalizing uh in a lot of ways and i just love you know i've ever since the first edition i've just loved the notion of just the sheer awesomeness of being able to have the power to just you know fly through space that's got to be like something I actually have one final question uh, related to what you just guys talked about. A final, final question. Final, final question. uh, Because you guys were able to cram a lot into, um, like, the Aeon expansion uh, through the kicks, uh, the stretch goals and whatnot. Would would there a potential to see stuff about, like, Data's League, Queer Nova Alliance, or or tech in stretch goal content? It's possible. (laughs) I'm contractually obligated to say this. I would love to see it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a bunch, guys. It was a super great talking to both of you again. And once again, congratulations and a great work on Abern. It looks so cool. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, if, you, if people want to get in touch with you guys, where can they do that? Because they may, this may be their first episode and their first, first introduction to you people. 
I can be found on Twitter usually uh, at the username Von Aether, V-O-N-A-E-T-H-E-R. Uh, likewise, I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, S Kenson, K-E-N-S-O-N, and uh, I have a website at stevekenson.com where I have been known to blog infrequently. <laughs> Design a few things, just a few. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you very much, guys. We deeply appreciate you coming on and going through these deep dive questions with us because we're super fans and you know you guys are fans too. So everyone out there is listening to this, pull out that wallet, go give them money so we can get more content because it's going to be fantastic. Scott, hell yes, man. Fuck yeah, I'm so um, ready. They, they, we had a lot of concerns. I mean, yeah, there were some concerns, but I think they 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 definitely took care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's you know, we you can always go back to first edition uh, if you want, or you can mix and match elements of it. But they're definitely putting together something that is uh, super cool. I'm well when when they talked about transcendent, I was like, what? Oh yeah, no, that I'm on I'm board. Like, like that, that's cool. It looks like they're really rolling yeah, that into. I'm like, okay, this is how flux work, and this is transcendent right now. Okay, I'm done. I'm out. I'm great. We're going to play this. This is going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely we are. I mean, we're definitely going to be do Aberrant Entourage, uh, but there is there is a, a an Aberrant game, proper Aberrant game, that that will no doubt yeah, be happening. And, and, with, and we, some, we, one, one or the other of us. I, I, and I'll just remake it. my old character, and we're going to continue doing turns. Uh, I mean, there is that. <laughs> I'm like Kelly, <laughs> as he yells at his wife. Everyone, we had an on nothing. We had an online game for a really long time. The problem is, it all has to go through Scott, so it's very slow. And <laughs> well, that's not what makes it slow, Matthew. Uh, what makes it slow is having their turns done. <laughs> but sorry, I'm giving my wife yeah, shit. Yeah. She's in the back. But it was a obviously you heard great interview. It was fantastic. The guys were guys were champs. And uh, I'm not. We can't say anything, but there's a lot more coming down the pipe. Can't say anything. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. Uh, it was a really fun interview. Uh, I'm looking forward. Like I said, looking forward to the thing. Uh, it's gonna be great. Yeah. So yeah, but and then adventure. Ad- adventure. I need to get a whip. And anima. Holy shit, anima sounds. Oh, fucking dude, cool. dude, dude. Yeah, an- an- animas. Actually, I'm looking forward to the. Um, I forgot what he called it. The precursor one. Where it's sort of like the Greek Greco Roman oh, yeah, like one, Greek, like yeah, the gods and the monsters gods and monster kinda, one, kinda where thing. you got that'd be super interesting. Yeah, that, that's that's my jam because that's all sword and that's all sword and sandals type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, great interview. We've already backed it. Um, not much more we can say about it. Uh, Ryan will be back uh, soon. Don't worry about that. He is not gone forever. From everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. You want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.